guys. Welcome back to the Bible Unfiltered. I'm John. I'm David. And thank you for joining us today. Sorry about the long wait. It's been busy. It's summer. We well, got what we're really doing is building anticipation. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, a plot device. That's right. Yeah, not really. We don't think that far ahead. No. <laughs> we just we have kids that get sick and then we go on vacations and it's just been busy. Um, but we're going to try to uh, switch some things up, try to uh, make it a little bit easier to start getting episodes out a little more regularly. That's right. Um, okay, so as promised, we are starting in chapter 2. We're going to read a good portion of Scripture first, uh, like usual, and then we're going to go back um, and go, uh, maybe not verse by verse, but a couple verses at a time, um, and then just talk about these things. So, let's start at verse 1 of chapter 2 in the book of Romans. We're going to go to verse 11. Uh, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed." He will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek. Um, But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek, for God shows no partiality. Amen. Amen. That's a lot. Um, So, like usual, let's go back, and um, I think where we're going to start is verses 1 and 2. So I'm just going to quickly read through that, and then David's going to share some scriptures and some thoughts. Um, Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. Uh, For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Yeah, the first thing that sticks out to me about this verse makes me think about Jesus and what he said back in Luke and in Matthew. Um, but Matthew, I think, applies a little more to uh, the next verse. So if we can hover around in these two verses for a moment and just go back to Luke 6, uh, 37 through 38, uh, we, we can get this picture um, almost kind of of what Paul's talking about here. So in Luke uh, six thirty-seven through 38, it says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, uh, will be put in your lap, for the measure you use will be uh, measured back to you. Yeah. So we, we, we see in this, in this verse this comparison of you know, 
God's not saying don't ever use judgment ever. Yeah, that would be insane. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like you're, you're allowed to use good moral judgment. Yeah. Uh, if you see someone committing sin, you're allowed to to point out that, okay, that's a sin. That That's an okay thing to do. I think in our culture right now, there's a lot of your truth. Yeah. You know, how dare you, you know, say that you know, what I'm doing is wrong kind right. of deal. Well, and I would say on, on the flip side of that, um, it, it would be evil to not call those things out as evil and contrary to, to God's purpose. Yeah. Um, because whether or not you want to um, admit this to yourself or not, you don't know what someone knows about the Bible. Yeah. You don't know what, um, I guess you could guess, but, but we really don't know what people know about God's Word. And so there may be people that are truly ignorant to some things, and we're not doing them any justice if we just, you know, be like, well, if it makes you happy, it makes me happy. Um, so David and I are really big on objective truths. Yeah. There's some things that even if it makes you happy, um, that doesn't mean that, that it's a good thing, and it doesn't mean that, that it's something that we should do. Um, so uh, I really like how Paul words this in verse 2 because this is another culture thing. Um, he says, we know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Um, there's this idea, and it, it kind of goes contrary to <clears throat> to the the um, you know the Bible verse that's not in the Bible, where it's like yeah. only God can judge me. But then when people like actually think about it, they're like, well, I don't want God to judge me. I can judge myself. You know, I don't right, want anyone right. to judge me. Yeah, it's like um, a thought. Don't judge me, yeah, anybody. <laughs> no, nobody judge me, and that, you know that includes God. But but it's it's perfectly acceptable for God to judge His creation. Yeah. Um, what kind of world would we live in if he didn't? Yeah. Um, some of these, I don't mean this to be rude, but some of these people live in fairy tale worlds where, you know, they think that, that just anything goes. And I, I don't know. It just, it blows me away. Yeah. Um, but if we move on to verse three, um, let's see. Do you suppose, oh man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself that you will escape the judgment of God. Um, that makes me think immediately of the, the verse in Matthew. Um, are you turning to that? Yep. It's uh, Matthew 7, 1 through 6. And it, it's very similar to Luke. Judge not, and you'll not be judged. For with judgment, uh, for with the judgment you pronounce, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. So in Luke, you know, he's not just talking about random giving. Um, like, uh, you know, giving and receiving blessings when it's talking about that measure being received. Because when we go to, to Matthew, that measuring is what is is the, the judgment you're passing on somebody. Right. So he didn't, Jesus didn't just, just think, oh, now to talk about giving. I'm then back to my, you know, my last subject. You know, Jesus can follow through with, with complete thoughts. Like, he, you know, he can do that. <laughs> well, and, and I'm not saying that this is authoritative or anything, but in most Bibles that have headers, that whole passage um, included there, including uh, the, the press down, shaken together, and runneth over, um, that whole section is included under a heading that is about judgment. Yeah. Um, so that's just food for thought. Yeah. So, um, why do you see the speck that is in your, in your, that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother... 
let me take that speck out of your eye when the log is in your uh, in your own eye. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw pearls before pigs, uh, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Uh, so that does not mean, and it does not say anything about not... Um, not judging your brother at all um, in a righteous sense. It's talking about um, when you judge, be helpful to yeah. your brother. You don't want to just call things out while you're doing the same things. You want to help your brother get through these things. Um, you, you don't want to just be like, you know, the person that's sitting in the corner that no one wants to talk to, you know, that's like, oh, you said a curse word. And then after lunch, you know, or I'm going back to school. It's like, <laughs> after you get out of the cafeteria, it's like they didn't have any pizza, you know. Right. And, and you're cursing up a storm. So it's, it's, it's about the heart. And, and once again, what is everything that Jesus talks about? It's, it's going back to the heart. If you're just calling people out left and right and the heart's not there, that's, that's foolish. Especially if you have the same sin going on. Right. You know, um, and we're all going to suffer the same sins as someone else. You know, like um, everybody, it, it's not It's not just like, uh, you know, Jonathan, you lie and, and I get angry. No, we both can get angry at times. We both can lie at times. You know, we, we both can share in that. But what, but what I recognize is that, okay, I lie too. I have this log in my eye. I, I lie. I'm going to take care of that. And then I'm going to help my brother take care of this problem also. Right. Um, it's it's helping out. It's not just um, pointing things out. Like, that's not helpful or loving. Yeah. Um, and who likes a hypocrite? Yeah. Honestly. Um, most hypocrites don't know what they're talking about because they don't practice what they preach. Yeah. Um, so let's not be hypocrites. Yeah. That's from Jesus. Yeah. And also, I think this, um, you know, it, we can look at, like, celebrities and, you know, dictators and other people like that. And we'll never get the chance to, you know, <laughs> help them out with their problems, you know, like, but we can still call evil, evil. And we can still call, um, I like you know. how you lumped celebrities and dictators it, it, in like with it, the same group. It's not a small leap. Like they're actually <laughs> next door neighbors here in my mind. <laughs> yeah. It's like Joseph Stalin walked out and he was right next door to Britney Spears. Yeah. Same, um, same concept. Like, wow. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. But, okay. we, but we can still call out evil for evil. It's just yeah. make sure that you're not being a hypocrite when you do it. Yeah, and and I mean, this is way off topic. We'll continue after this. Um, but you don't have to know people um, to to call out things that are public. Um, the, the verse in Matthew gets used all the time that you have to go to your brother before you say anything in private. Um, that doesn't apply to people that are putting public teachings out. Um, because I hear that all the time when, when people are defending ministers that have made obvious errors that they should repent from. And they were like, hey, you know, have you talked to them? Have you reached out to them? And I'm like, no, you don't have to. The guy's putting it on YouTube publicly. Um, that's that's a misuse of that scripture. And I don't, did we go over that and the verses taken out of context? Um, I don't think we did. No. We we may in the future, but yeah, that's that's a tangent. I just I probably saw something like that the other day, and I I thought of that. So yeah. Um, <clears throat> so let's continue. Uh, we'll probably read. Uh, let's read four and five. Or do you presume 
on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Um, actually, let's start right there, verse 4, because that's really good. Um, Paul is probably talking, I mean, he's talking to the Jews here, and he's talking to them because they haven't accepted um, largely the Jews of his time, you know, and, and even today, which they say that we're seeing more and more come to Christ, and that's awesome. But they haven't accepted Christ. That's that's what that's what he's talking about. God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Well, why are you repenting? Because you're turning to Christ. Um, that's the whole point of all this in the Old Testament is to point these people to their Savior, to their their Messiah, um, the Jew first, and then to the Gentile, to the Greek. Yeah, and that's why they were blessed. It wasn't just, I mean, don't get me wrong, God loved them. Right. But God does have a point to that blessing. Like, it was to help them, help prepare their hearts to get ready to receive the Messiah and receive the, the real, the true blessing. I mean, you look at, in Hebrews, Abraham was looking forward um, to a city not built by by hand. Even though he was a very successful person, had wealth like, you know, like like crazy, he didn't consider that, like, he didn't consider that, that wasn't the, the end that, goal. That wasn't the end goal. Yeah, right. Like he, he wasn't. He just, died in faith. Yeah, he died in faith. Like he was looking forward to Jesus, and that's how the Israelites should have been looking forward. Is yeah, we got this blessing, but it's to help prepare our hearts for the for the real blessing, the, the better blessing to come. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Um, so verse five, but because of your hard and impenitent heart. You are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. This is the solemn truth. Um, this is why this is why we have to preach the gospel. God is allowing us, and, and I'm I, what I think of when I read this, uh, storing up judgment, um, and and we're supposed to be brought to repentance. That's the goal here. I see all the time the atheist. Um, that that claim that they know God isn't real because you know on on a, a podcast or a YouTube video they're like that they look up at the sky and they say God if you're real right now just strike me down and then they wait a few seconds for a dramatic effect and then nothing happens and they're like see and they think that they've just proven that God's not real and I'm like dude you don't know anything about the God of the Bible and if he if he struck them down right then they go to hell. That's like, not the point. Yeah. <laughs> God's not God's not like us where he's got to be right all the time. He he is just right. He doesn't have to prove it to you. He's trying to get you to repent of your sins. Um so that's just, you know, something interesting cuz people think that they're very wise when they do that and they're like, "Ah, oh, crack the code. Like I know that there's no God now because he didn't kill me immediately." Okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to pray for you. Do, do you really want God to kill you immediately? I mean, this, do you have, I think you have some issues there, bud. Yeah. And also, I hear people criticize, you know, well, Jesus hasn't come back yet. Well, when, when will Jesus come back? Like, he, God can't be real because Jesus isn't back yet. Well, listen, buddy, he's he's delaying showing you that kindness so you can repent and turn yeah. back. If he had came back, like, you know, right away or even, you know, before you made that erroneous statement, you wouldn't have the chance to repent and, and get to know him and, you know, experience his love in this life. You'd, you know, you, we go into that phase, that unpleasant phase of the end of the world where you're going to experience God's wrath, you know? Yeah. So th- that's another part of his, his love, you know, towards us. Like the wrath is storing up. It's not on you yet, but it's storing up. Right. You can avoid that by just, you know, coming to Jesus. Yeah. 
It's a free gift. It's so easy. Um, everywhere we've been in Romans so far, it's so easy to preach the gospel. Um, okay, so verse 6. He will render to each according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek. For God shows no partiality. I love this um, because, and, and this is just my opinion, um, I haven't studied this out 100%, but from, from the studying that I've done and the people that I've listened to, um, the opinion that I hold right now that is, if you die apart from Christ, even in your your suffering and, and your tribulation and the horrible thing that hell is going to be, I mean, I don't know that we can comprehend it, but even in that, God will be just and he will render um, to each one according to his works. Um, that's a great consolation because that just shows that even apart from Christ, um, God is going to be a just God. And he's not just going to, you know, have the same suffering that Adolf Hitler, if he didn't repent and turn to Christ, he's not going to put that same suffering uh, that, that, that he puts on him on you if you lived a relatively, in your eyes and in everyone in your culture's eyes, a relatively good life. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to be, you know, daisies and dandelions. It's not going to be. But that's, I believe that's a great consolation uh, for the Christian, especially for Christians that maybe struggle with the concept of hell um, and, and people being um, damned, basically. Um, yeah. I think I think that that's that's a picture of God that we don't hear in the fire and brimstone because you just hear everyone's going to hell. Um, so I think that's beautiful. Yeah, it, it shows his uh, his justice. You know, um, uh, there's people that try and under come up with understandings for how that works. You can look at like Dante's Inferno and things like that, which isn't biblical. A lot of people um, it's based on biblical themes, but it's it's not you know. It's not the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It's just uh, some, you know, old classical guys writing back in the day of what, you know, he was interpreting. So, you know, the idea of lakes of fire with guys with pitchforks poking people, you know, that's, that's you know, probably not how it's going to look like. Um, it's probably worse. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, whatever you think it is, it's probably worse than that. You know, whatever chains of gloomy darkness and the, wor- the worm doesn't die or whatever that means you don't want any part of that. You know, yeah. this is the part that, that gets scary. And I never want to be the type of guy that, like scares people out of hell into heaven. Cause first of all, I don't think that's, I, you're missing out on the grace of God when you do that. And I feel you can get a lot of false conversions that way. Right. A lot of people just, Oh, I want to avoid the scary place. Right. It's like, you know, let's not think about the scary place. Let's acknowledge it's real, but let's focus on the one who gets you out of that. Like right. there's a loving God behind this, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that. And I love how Paul is just constantly um drilling that there is no partiality in God. Like God picked the Jewish people for a purpose, but after the completion of the New Testament, um and 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 the um uh I went blank, the gospel, the good news, um the Jewish people still are God's people. But everyone is included in this now. 
Um, there is no partiality in God. And the covenant relationship of the Jews does not save them. They still have to accept Jesus. You know, if somebody asks, well, does a Jew really have to accept Jesus to get to heaven? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that argument before. And they're like, well, you know, they're God's chosen people. What if they don't? What if they die and they don't accept Jesus? Well, did you miss the part in the gospel where Jesus says, I'm the only way, you know? I, I don't know. <laughs> but that's, that, that, that's just awesome to me how we see that, that even, um, even in that, even in um, God picking a people and, and this whole tapestry coming together and this story of the good news being completed, that even through all of that, there is no partiality. And you're not missing out on anything if you're not Jewish. Um, you're just as included into this family, even if you're grafted in as as a Jew. Yeah. And the Jewish people, um, the ones who do come to know Jesus, the Messianic Jews, you know, there's they're such a, a love and understanding and realization of how, you know, unworthy they are to you know, receive this. They they fully acknowledge, you know, if, if you go and listen to any of them, they fully acknowledge you know, their their part to play in not just the crucifixion, but just the um just uh, their backs being turned to God. Like they under they, they understand that pretty well. Um so um they're even the Jews who come to know Jesus aren't, you know, going, look at us, I'm Jewish and a Christian. It's like, no, we recognize that we, we needed Jesus really badly. We, yeah. we're, we're in the same boat as y'all. Um, yeah, and that immediately makes me think of the tax collector um, when when he had the humble attitude. And, you know, he was he, he just basically was like, I'm not worthy. And, and Jesus is basically like, that's the attitude to have, you know, because none of us are worthy by our works. That's not what it's... It's not about your works. If we're going to get anything across when we get into Romans and, and we continue on is... Uh, the difference between works and grace, and they do not mix. You cannot, you absolutely cannot, definitionally, you cannot have um, grace and sprinkle works in there. You just can't. Because if it's grace, then it has nothing to do with your works. Um, and if it's your works, then you don't get any grace. Once you die, you don't have the opportunity to trust in Jesus anymore. Even if you do trust in him, it doesn't save you. So. Yeah. You well, got to do it here and now. So I'm not trying to scare you out of hell, but <laughs> repent. <laughs> we well, we all need it. Yeah, uh, uh, and it, uh, it just makes it so much easier when you're not trying to carry the burden of doing a lot of good works to, to earn something. You know, like um, we can definitely Christians can definitely fall in that camp of wanting to do a lot of works to please God. When at the end of the day, it's like you, you just need to have faith. Yeah, you know that, that's yeah. What, our that's work what should God. Our, our work should stem from um, gratitude. Yeah, for the gift that we've been given that we don't earn. Yeah, um, that's that. That's why we started this podcast. It wasn't so that we could get you know a, a check mark next to our box on the on the tablets in heaven. You know, it was we're just we're we're grateful and we want to try to serve and 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 try hopefully help someone else. Here's something that that we at one point needed to hear and that we heard and accepted yeah so thank you guys for tuning in to us um next week we're going to continue in chapter two and then um maybe in a few weeks we'll we'll do another bonus not bonus episode but 
Something okay. different. Off the path. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll see you guys next week. See y'all later. Thank you.